When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Gary Body Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire Live. Temps here, sitting in for our regular host, Matt Davis, who's taking a well-earned break, but he has left me in the company of BBC East Minister presenter, Emily Anderson. Emily, good morning. Good afternoon. Afternoon, rather. And as <laughs> I always say, legend of the forest stands, Greg Mitchell. How are you, Greg? You had to do it, didn't you? My mates would just stop in calling me that after last time. A year to the day, pretty much. But uh, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Yourself? Nothing like nothing like a bit of recycled material to, to <laughs> kick things off. Yeah, good. Thank you. And um, Greg, we'll, we'll start with you. I mean, ju- just your feelings on this, this window so far, in which we've heard plenty of whisper and Forest clearly being far more considered last year, but to this point, no business. I don't mind it. You know, this time next year, we might be singing zero signings who gives a, uh, you know what. But um, I don't mind it at all. You look around the whole transfer window, there's not a lot happening. There's not a lot happening. And I was Googling, thinking, what's happening to all these Southampton players that were going here, there and everywhere? There's just no movement. You know, there's the odd big signing that we all knew about months ago. But at the minute, the transfer market's stale and it's not just for us. So... You know, the, the mini meltdowns are always quite fun to read on Twitter, but at the minute, there's no panic at all required. Emily, what's your read on what's actually happening? Are Forrest being consistently frustrated or is this just a window of refinement rather than mass change? Could be a bit of both, really, couldn't it, Temps? Um, yes, we haven't made any signings yet, but there are other clubs that haven't either. As Greg said, it's been really quiet. Um And when you look at how many players we signed last year, we don't need many. There are players like Omar Richards that still hasn't kicked a ball for us. That's essentially a new signing. We've got the younger players that are coming through. Um, Clearly frustrations are happening with regards to Henderson. I'm sure we'll talk about that in more detail because he's clearly a player that wants to be at Forest. We want him here, but we can't seem to work out a, a price for him that we're happy with and that Man United are happy with. I do feel frustrated. I'm slightly worried, but I just keep thinking to myself, actually, we don't need many players. And I'm just grateful that we haven't lost any players um, to Saudi Arabia. We haven't currently lost any of our big players to any of the top six clubs or even lower down the Premier League. So, yes, we haven't signed any players, but equally, we've still got that squad that we had at the end of last season that was working so well. Quite. Dean Ennison, probably the best place to start. Um, Some leaks in the, the Manchester media around the potential structure of that deal, Greg. A suggestion that Forrest were, were looking to um, secure his services on loan with, a, with an obligation to buy. What, what have you read into the, the, the reported shenanigans around the negotiation so far? I was surprised that it was going to be so complicated. I did think right from back in May it was going to be one of the first quick signings. But, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot more factors, isn't there? We had to wait for Man U for starters. They've now finally got their man. Uh, maybe there just isn't the interest in him and his big wages that Man U might have thought there would be. And they've they've tested the water. They've said they're going to put him on the plane and go on their tour. And, you know, 
we've shown our cards now. <laughs> I don't think our owner's got where he is just by being a soft touch and saying, oh, yeah, we'll pay 30 million, let's get a man straight away. You know, he knows how this market works. Um, I'd be very surprised if we got him on loan with a view to buy because, you know, we've already had that this season. So, man, you understandably will want money in the bank. Um, but I think we'll pay it. I think we'll get there eventually. Um, it just doesn't have to be today, does it? So I'd love to get him signed. I'm sure there's backups and lists and, you know, months and months worth of lists ready for other players if it doesn't turn out. But the key for me is he he, he sounds like he wants to come. And if you've got a player of that standard wanting to come to our squad, who's been here for a year, he's had a, you know, he's had a year's interview, hasn't he, for us and for him. And for him to want to be here and want to come, I think that's a great sign for us. So I think we've just got to take a time and, you know, hopefully he'll be here for a bit of pre-season. But like someone else said, I don't think Gibbs White was signed until a week after the transfer last time. So we haven't, we haven't got to worry yet. We haven't, I think... Yeah, I certainly share your read on Henderson's desire to to become a, a Forest player. Strong arming tactic, though, as you say, from Man United sticking him on a plane to the st uh, states, delaying any start that he may have with with Forest. Emily, is this just a classic negotiation? And and if it is, um, could it could it go to the wire? Is the are both teams likely to to find that breakthrough as the as the clock ticks down towards the end of the window? Yeah, I think um, maybe both both sides are being quite stubborn and not what they're sort of digging their heels in at the moment on both sides, aren't they? And I think, like like we've said, because we've we've showed our hand, Henderson showed his hand. So Man United are like, well, we want to get the best price for him. If you really want him, if Henderson wants to be there, you pay the money. I'm ninety nine percent sure the deal will get done, and if it doesn't get done, I think we'll all feel very very disappointed. No, none more so than Henderson himself because he's clearly not got a future at Man United. I know they put on their Instagram yesterday a picture of him in his Man United training kit over with the team, and it sort of jarred with me a little bit, but I just thought, you know, slowly, slowly, we'll, be, we'll get there. I think we will get there, but I can't see it being resolved this week, for example. But I guess because he's had that year with us and because of the position he plays in goal, yes, we would. it would be great to have him for pre-season, but it's, it's not essential, is it? Because we know what he offers and... He knows how we work. Um, I just think we'll all be happier once he's signed on the dotted line to have someone of that calibre as one of our players. Greg, a suggestion emerging yesterday that Kalor Navas uh, might be the next name on the Forest list if if this negotiation does prove insurmountable. Are you happy with that? And is goalkeeper the absolute priority? <laughs> it made me laugh the other day when he put a photo on his Instagram with him and like Mbappe and you think, God, how have we where we've come from to, you know, having players in our squad who's, you know, playing against, well, with players like that, uh, of course he'd be a great second option. His wages would be astronomical. The set, That's the kind of deal that you'd expect to take a long time. That won't be a, you know, oh, we can't get Henderson, let's get Navas in. Uh, the priority has to be Henderson and we need to, you know, get that done. Uh, but if not, if it is someone like Navas, then yes, please snap your hand off, get him in. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that would take a lot more work, I'd imagine. It's well, hilarious, uh, though, that we're even talking about Navas mm. as a backup. I mean, yeah. I just think that's ridiculous, <laughs> you know, that we're even there. But I guess we are. We're with the big boys now, aren't we? Yes, indeed. We'll talk about some of the names Forrest have been uh, linked with. One, one that's uh, now beyond our grasp is Willian. Forrest did make a, a contract offer there. He elected to stay put. Emily, does that strengthen our resolve to, to sign someone in, in that kind of bracket? Ilanga, Hudson-Odoi, 
um, have been mentioned or were you slightly disappointed to miss out on the Brazilian? I was disappointed because it looked like it was nailed on, didn't it? And there were obviously sightings of him in and around the ground and the training ground. Um, but part of me thought, actually, we have, we'd probably only get a season out of him, wouldn't he? He's 35, I think. So, I mean, obviously, he's a fantastic player and it would be great to have him in Ascot because he could fit straight in. But actually, I've heard that he's, he's played this game before where he's played a couple of clubs off each other to get a bit better deal. And I'm wondering whether he ever really wanted to come to us anyway. And I think we'd get more out of someone like Hudson-Odoi, who already knows Cooper, he's worked alongside him, he's young, he's keen, he's eager. It's not worked out for him necessarily at Chelsea yet. So for me, if, if we can get him, then forget William. But, um, I, you know, like, like lots of other fans, I was disappointed because it felt like that was our first signing and it's quite a high-profile signing as well. Um, and Alanga, I'm not so overly enamoured by him because I guess he's not really done a lot, has he? And a lot of the Man United fans are, are saying, oh, you know, take him off our hands. But then we've heard that with Gibbs White before, haven't we, from the Wolves fans that said he's not very good. So if anyone can um, can uh, help a player's career, Steve Cooper can. He's got that little Cooper magic on Alanga and maybe he'd work for us. Well, look, I'm sure you'll keep talking to Natalie Jackson for us. And next time she spots someone <laughs> at the training ground, um, let us know. Greg, who should be our top priority as a winger now? Uh, well, I like Alanga. I, was, <laughs> I say I like him, you know, quick YouTube and have a look at transfer market like every time. It says uh, he's not only a left winger, he's played four, 43 left wing, 28 times right wing, 27 times centre forward, a couple of games at right back, a couple of games at left back. You know, he's 21. It's the kind of player that if Cooper's going to be our man for a season, he can, you know, transform that guy's career again, just like he has done with previous players. So, you know, reading all that, Swedish international, his age is a massive thing. You know, he's not going to count towards the 25. He's not going to be a massive wage either. You wouldn't think just quite yet. I'm sure it'd be a, a contract with a lot of a player perks, uh, game perks, but... Yeah, I like him now. I really do. And I think if, you know, we might get him on the same day if we're working with Man U twice with Henderson. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for that now. I really am. I just want to highlight a comment from uh, Hussein Akhtar. Do like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Drop us a, a comment if you're watching live on, on Facebook as well. Um, Hussein asks, do we have serious issues with finances, which is dictating who we can go for this season? This, this might be in the context, uh, context of FFP, allowable losses um, regardless of the depth of your owner's pocket there's a, a structure by which they're allowed to inject cash into the football club are, are we seeing that play out is is there an issue at this moment in time with not how much money Forest have got but how much money they can spend in that window at uh, this window and, and are we going to see um, slightly more um, refined and negotiate offers off, off the back of that what's your read Emily? Yeah, it feels like last year it was like a kid in a candy store, wasn't it? Um, we just sort of bought whoever was available, it felt like. And, and a lot of those signings did work. Um, you'll know much more attempts about FFP and the financial side of things. But the way I see it is we do just have to pick and choose, don't we? And um, there was talk of maybe offloading one of our future stars. I know Brennan Johnson, Brennan Johnson, that a possible one that, that might might go to give us a bit more money in the bank. Hopefully that won't happen, but I think we just need to be really careful. And maybe that's why, you know, we're still um, toing and froing with Man United over Henderson because we can't just say, oh yeah, here's 30 million quid um, for him. Um, I just hope, I'm sure we will. I just hope we can stay within those boundaries of FFP because I'm sure they'll be hot on our heels if um, 
if we get close to that. I don't know where we stand with regards to that, but it does feel like it's really, really tight, again, with the talk of, of a possible Brennan Johnson move um, and not having any signings at all. Yeah, my, my read on FFP, uh, as briefly discussed last week, it, it is a factor. We know it, it's audited um, pretty tightly in the Premier League, some, some high-profile cases at the minute of um, clubs under pressure. Uh, and Forest have a, a championship season in, in their three-year FFP window as, as things stand. So um, cautious financial management required. Um, certainly no, no, no lack of finance available from the owner, but he needs a structured manner in which to inject it. Which brings us on to a few comments about um, shirts which are coming through. Greg, your, your view on the, the big um, Adidas reveal and would you like to see a brand front of shirt? I thought the few comments were going to be on these uh, very unfounded PSG rumours, which I always smile at when we see and get excited about. But um, we do need a front shirt sponsor. I think we missed out on a lot of income last year. You know, what, £6 million? That could, that could pay a lot of players' wages and, you know, keep us a little bit more on that green line than red. Uh, but for me, you know... I think it depends on what style, what type of sponsor. I personally wouldn't want a betting sponsor. I mean, I have the odd bet, but I know it's not something that's really seen as the right thing to do at the minute. So I hope we'd avoid that. Um, I liked, I loved what we did at the end of last season with obviously the UN charity. I think that was superb and showed what kind of club and what kind of ownership we've got. But we now have a, we've got Idea Gen on the on the sleeve, and that's going to be a big sponsorship, a local company as well. They're based literally across the road from me, uh, but I'm sure there's plenty of companies out there baying to get on our shirts. But we play a hard bargain, and maybe that's why the uh, signings aren't there as well. Just look at how we we work it with the shirt sponsor. If it's not right, it's not happening. Um, but I'm sure there'll be something in mind. There's plenty of people at that club doing good enough job to get something sorted. Let's talk about Brennan Johnson then, and specifically, Emily, what, what next for, for Brennan Johnson? Um, I'm sure we all want him to stay. We saw Aston Villa uh, on the verge of announcing Diaby from Leverkusen in a, a £51.9 million deal. Should that end their interest in Brennan? And do we think he, he's pushing to leave? Or is this just a case of representatives keen to see what's out there? Uh, I would hope from Aston Villa's perspective, they've, they've been pretty busy actually, haven't they, in this transfer market? They've had quite a few really good signings. I guess they need it because they've got Europe next season, haven't they? I hope that ends their interest in him. Um, you'd hope he'd be surplus requirements there now that they've almost got that deal through. From Brennan's side of things, we can't read his mind, can you? Um, he's a Nottingham lad. He's born and bred here. Obviously got has links with the club for his dad. I would like to think that he would like to stay and give us a second season in the Premier League at the very least. Um, he's recently changed his agents, I think, has he? So maybe they're pushing for a big money move or are they just pushing for a better deal for him here? Because um, he's, he's on a... I know he signed a better contract, didn't he, when we got promoted, but actually when you look at maybe what some of the other players are playing and then what he provides to the squad, you could argue that maybe he should be on a bit more. The only thing I will say, and this takes my heart completely out of it, is we did all right without him at the end of last season. And actually, he felt like a bit of a luxury, didn't he? And we were we were fine without him. Um, but as a, as a Forest fan, I would not like to see him go. I'd like to see Brennan stay for at least another season if we can. And I hope he feels like that as well. I hope he wants to stay and is happy here. He, he, he seems happy, but, you, you know, you never know with these things, do you? Loyalty... 
doesn't seem to exist in football anymore. It's all about money. It's all about business, which is why we're seeing so many players going off to Saudi for millions and millions. And I just hope maybe his heart is in Forest for one more season with us. Greg Brennan's one of our own. He's a goal scorer, one of the biggest attacking threats in the side. Would you let him leave under any circumstance, given that he's uh, under contract for such a long period of time? The only way I'd let Brennan leave is if it's literally, you know, saving the club, saving the finances of this club. If you're playing Moneyball with a player like Brennan, and if his side are as well, he hasn't by any means reached his peak yet in in skill level and in money terms, you know. He has another year at Forest. Whatever whatever happens with us, if he plays game, his value goes up. He gets better wages. You know, everything's going up and up, especially under Cooper and the way he manages him. So I think his advisors deep down know he is better with us for this season. He goes to someone... Well, it's not going to be Villa now, is it? He goes to a West Ham or, you know, someone of that ilk, that, that kind of level, you know, Palace, West Ham, that... Uh, it's just, it's a, it is a sidewards move, all right? It'll get a bit of Europa League, but it's not that big money move that players of past years, when they've reached that development, go for. You know, he wants to be looking at a top six club who, you know, he can be there for six, seven years after this and make mega, mega money. Uh, so for me, his side and Forest side, it'd be crazy thinking about it unless the finance has dictated that he's just the only guy that can can get us what we need to to you know, improve ourselves. But we, we're going to be sensible with stuff like that. He's certainly not in the shop window. It's a boring transfer market. Who have Forrest got of any value who could be a, a decent story to get fans talking? And we are doing, and it's Brennan. Let's just highlight Mark Hudson's uh, comment on Facebook. Mark's obviously got a, a long list of ins and outs. Get Henderson, Martson, Sangare, Hudson, Doya, Langer, striker from Strasbourg, Sell Johnson to balance the books, along with O'Brien, Shelby, Surridge, Dennis, and Froiler. One thing we should say is an academy product. Um, any sale of Brennan Johnson would be a 100% allowable profit, 40 million of allowable profit going into that FFP calculation. So the devil's advocate question then. Greg, um, should we countenance raising that level of finance to strengthen central midfield, for example? Would that be um, a better means of, of spending our cash or do you want to stick with the academy product? Yeah, I just I don't think we have to this season. I think that's a conversation for next season when we really need to, you know, we stay in the Premier League, we push on again next season, but next season financial fair play from what you read is going to be really tight for us. This season, we've still got that leeway where we could do with Brennan Johnson for another season because he's improving, he's getting better. He's our player, him and Gibbs White, the way they link up, you know, Brennan improves Gibbs White and the other way around and your players like Danilo will play off that. So you don't sell Brennan Johnson this season. The conversation next season when we think, God, financial fair play, we're going to need 80 million, 100 million. You just don't know how good he's going to be next season. Then you have the conversation. Then I'd agree with comments like that. But it, it's just not for this season. It's certainly not for this pre-season. I agree. Match winner for me. Um, he scored important goals at important times. I, I think he'll continue to develop as well. And the one thing he's got that can't be coached is, is pace. I think I'm right in saying he recorded the, the fastest sprint speed in the Premier League next year. And as, a, as an ageing fullback myself, um, pace terrifies defenders and I, I hope he's I hope he's here to stay um, let's touch on the other um, potential levers then uh, plenty of players on the 
the bomb squad list who can't get a parking on the AstroTurf while the first teamer uh, in, in, in warmer climbs. Um, no movement yet on getting any anyone of any significance out of the door, but that's going to be so important, isn't it, Emily, as we look to trade our, our way through the rest of the window? Yeah, for me, I mean, the first person, John Joe Shelby, I know there was interest from Sheffield United for him. Um, I think Dennis, probably you can tell, I don't know if either of you saw or went to the Notts County game. He didn't really seem like he wanted to be there. Um, Froiler, I, I was really impressed with Froiler for the first part of last season, but it doesn't feel like he fits into how we work now with Danilo. Um, I mean, there's, there's loads of others that I, could, that I can't spring to mind now, but there are a lot of those on the periphery, aren't there? Sam Surridge, um, he's almost signed a deal to go to America, I think, hasn't he? Um, O'Brien, I'm not sure if he's someone that necessarily fits into our squad. He's had a good season away, but again, I just don't know where we'd put him. Um, yeah, so those are the ones that stand out for me. But I think, I think if we can sort of get, get rid of sounds awful, doesn't it? Get rid of them, then and then hopefully that will help us shape our squad, balance the books, and it takes the pressure off us financially as well. Very important to make some headroom in the in the wage structure, Greg. Would would you sell by any means at any price, or do we need to be uh, equally as hard nosed in negotiating departures as we do in negotiating signings? I think the uh, the departure side is about the wage bill for me. I don't think there's a lot of value in some of those players. You know, we've talked about in getting a fee, but it's getting them off the wage bill. Um, but then those players are going to have to agree to a wage cut. To to play football because they could just happily sit in our bomb squad and get paid and and that's it. And we've seen it before, haven't we, with these long contracts and players. So um, there's certain players that I think, you know, we talked about Bolly already. He's been told, you know, he's free to leave apparently. So that could be, a, he could be a very good player for someone. Uh, but it's whether these players are willing to take the right, the right cut because it isn't going to be, these players that we want to leave our squad aren't going to be leaving because they're going to get better offers elsewhere. It just isn't like that. So it's how hungry they are for football. Um, and I think we'll struggle. I think we'll struggle to get rid of five or six of these ones. We'd love to, maybe one or two, but that'll be it for me. Let's turn our attention to Forest uh, preparations on the pitch then. We've, we've had two initial uh, glimpses at the side. Uh, Emily, were you at Notts County? Am I right in saying that? No, no, I couldn't. I didn't make it to that. So um, I just uh, sort of read up on that afterwards. But from what I was reading, it sounded pretty mediocre, pedestrian, very pre-season friendly, which you'd expect it to be. I watched the Valencia game. Um, and again, that just felt really laboured. But I guess it was really humid and hot there. You could tell that from how much they were sweating. Um, Danilo had a few moments, I thought, in that. He seemed like out of all the team, he was he was the most up for it. But it just felt very boring and like I don't know I, I wish I'd not sat and invested in watching <laughs> it but I thought I've you know paid for this so I'm gonna sit and sit and see it out but I left feeling a bit oh. and and even more so as well as George Shelby doing in goal for us I was thinking we need a keeper we need to sign a keeper um so yeah and we all know pre-season is getting match fitness up isn't it and to, to maybe try players in different positions and play some of the younger players that don't normally get a shout. Um, but then I keep reminding myself, actually, that there was no Morgan Gibbs-White, no Brennan Johnson, 
no Felipe, obviously no recognised goalkeeper, you know, no no proper goalkeeper really. So lots of players weren't featuring and, you know, it'll be a different story hopefully once we start the season against Arsenal. I hope so anyway. Yeah, we shouldn't attach too much meaning to these uh, mm-hmm. early season, pre-season friendlies. Uh, Ten changes at half-time at, at Meadow Lane, for example, Greg. However, we have started to see um, some semblance of, of shape with a, a back four um, deployed in, in both matches. Uh, Greg, your thoughts on the games we've played so far? I, uh, my mate summed the Knotts County game up perfectly. He said it was a very friendly, friendly. And it was... Um, I'm not drinking this month, by the way. So it was a it was a very <laughs> interesting watch for me. Uh, I think the most entertaining thing was the little uh, Notts County ultras in their cop that were making us smile a bit. They uh, they were loving life against the big boys, but um, yeah, they're just you know it was a runabout, wasn't it? It was getting the legs stretched and you know reminding themselves of what a crowd's about and playing a bit of a competitive game. But you know it was very fifty percent, wasn't it? No one wants to get injured this time of year they're just finding the shape I really enjoyed watching some of the youngsters that have been included into the squad I thought the goalkeepers played well both times although not really tested a lot so that's a a shame Shelby isn't it his name Uh, but it'll be interesting I think when we start playing teams that aren't going to give us much more possession because I think that's what's going to be happening at the beginning of the Premier League again you know we're not going to be getting the, the amount of possession we got against Notts County. So when we play the Eindhoven's and Frankfurt's, I think that's going to be a lot more of a gauge of how we're going. It's still very early, isn't it? So that's it, really. Uh, Dr. Pegg on YouTube draws attention to Josh Powell uh, making an impression mm-hmm. at left-back, basically because he had to, but it's fair to say he he looked uh, looked comfortable uh, when, when called upon. Good range of passing, certainly stuck to his, his, his man out wide. Emily, still so encouraging to see young players coming through. It's that much harder to break into this uh, Forest side now. You're not going to get blooded in quite the same manner that you would if we were in the, the Championship or, or or League One. But yeah, the academy production line continues to roll. Yeah, which is really good to see, isn't it? I, I know he's not from our academy, but another young player who I thought impressed in the last game, um, Brandon Aguilera, um, who again I know is probably one for the future, but he he seems to have really come on in his time away, and yeah, watching those young lads grow and probably looking at players like Yates and Worrell who have come through the academy, and hopefully it'll give them a bit of hope that they can do that as well. One really disappointing thing that I forgot to mention is Neil Partey's injury, because when I first saw it, I thought oh he'll be fine, he's just fallen funny, but he's dislocated his elbow. Is it his elbow? He's dislocated, yeah. Um, so that's a little bit of a worry because he was so influential when he came back from injury. I just worry about his injury record. Um, but ho- hopefully he'll be okay. And the other thing, a lot of people on Twitter particularly were getting very stressed out about Owen not being in the camp and is, was he off somewhere else. So it was really nice that Forrest posted a picture of him with the guys. So panic you not, worry you not, I want you there. And um, who'd have thought a year ago that we'd be so concerned about him? Because when he first started, he was a bit clumsy to say the least, wasn't he? Um, and now we feel like we can't start a game without him. Yeah, he just surged through, didn't he? Um, particularly in the second half of the season, I think we we demonstrated in his absence that we needed that physical um, presence up front and scored some crucial goals at crucial times. Um, the Neocarte injury, a, a minor concern. Uh, obviously had a disrupted season last season, but in, in the main, in his career so far, he hasn't missed too many games through injury, so we, we wish him well. Hope he's back out there. 
pretty soon. Greg, lots of players we still haven't seen in pre-season. Morgan Gibbs-White given an extended break after his uh, exploits in the Euros. Serge Aurier hasn't taken to the field yet. Are you starting to form an 11 in your mind if we end up uh, with with the, the, the personnel available to us at the minute? If we look to go into that final friendly of our strongest possible 11, um, who's, who's getting the nod for you? Well, the, yeah, I mean, the, the positions is obviously replacing Loddy's position. He's a player who's not going to be with us. Uh, and the goalkeeper. But yeah, I mean, Gibbs White comes straight in, fitness dependent. Uh, and as does Jono at this time. I think, I mean, I think we had a little chat in our WhatsApp group about um, Tywo and maybe, you know, his, his fitness isn't quite there yet. But again, everyone was at 50%, weren't they, for that, that, that game against County? Um, so I do think it's going to be very similar to how the season ended last season, other than your, your Loddy and obviously Navas, really. Uh, and again, that's the talk of does Jono necessarily start at the start of this season? For me, it does. It was just the way the way it finished last season probably wasn't wasn't made for him. Uh, yeah, talking about Scarper in the comments as well. He's not played yet, and he put something on his Instagram, didn't he, the other day? Basically, quashing rumours, saying I'm happy. Happy in Nottingham or happy in the UK. So that was good to see. Uh, a player that that starts this season who, you know, we didn't even know his name last season is Danilo. The way he came on towards the end of season, he's one of the first names for me in there. Um, we're just, a, whatever happens after, you know, the January window with Felipe again, Felipe hasn't featured. We start stronger this season as a squad than we did last season. Uh, so all this panic and stuff, a bit of perspective, you know, it, you look at the start from last season and the way we're going to start this season, those January signings, a couple of them will say have been key. So, you know, get them fit. I'm not sure what the Felipe thing is. He Did he feature against Valencia or I can't remember? No, so, yeah, that'll be one to look out for. But Emily, no. the, man, the man you mentioned at the, the, the top of the show, Omar Richards, we, we haven't seen him yet. We're, we're desperate for him to, to play and do well. Can you see Forrest starting uh, the season with uh, him and Toffolo as the options at left-back? Josh Powell potentially backing up. We, we know Nia Carte can, can play there if, if needs be. Are Forrest in the market for that or, or are we gearing up to give Omar Richards the first opportunity to impress? Well, he hasn't played for a year, has he? So that's a worry. Where's his match fitness going to be? He hasn't featured at any of the friendlies, have I? I'm right in thinking. Um, in an ideal world, we'd, we'd like to have an established left-back, wouldn't we? But we, our options are thin, to say the least. Um, Toffolo is with the squad still, isn't he, during the pre-season? So he's an option. Um, oh, I think we need to buy a left-back. That is my overriding worry, because I wouldn't want to start Omar Richards at the Emirates against Arsenal for him to maybe get injured or not be up to speed. Um, it, it, I have, I'll be honest, I feel quite relaxed about the goalkeeping situation. The left-back position is stressing me out. And when you just said, name your 11, I was going through who I thought, and I was like, who do we play at left-back? And it's Toffle Richards, isn't it? Powell, possibly. But again, that's a lot, of, lot to put on such a young lad. Um, mm, yeah, I'm stumped a bit. What do you think? We, we, I think we need to get in. Ooh. Well, I think the one thing we don't know... I'm speechless. First time ever. Uh, well, the one yeah. thing we don't know is, is Steve Cooper's thoughts on this. James Preston in the YouTube comments uh, wisely says, keep 
calm and believe in Steve um, as the as the head coach. He'll have a, an influence on, on signings, but ultimately, it's it's those on the training field that he can influence. What do we think his mindset is at the minute, Greg? Will he be um, desperate to get guys through the door, or will he be pretty relaxed about the the, the process and the people surrounding him? I think he'll be pretty relaxed. You know, he pretty much got absolutely everything he wanted last season. Uh, we haven't heard any comments from any, you know, managers are very clever with how they get messages out, whether they're happy or unhappy, aren't they? We've seen it many times and there's not been none of that. Uh, so, you know, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of players that haven't featured last season pretty much. You know, Beer Cone in the comments, of course, and, you know, Nico's been playing a bit like that. So, they these players can adapt. And like I mentioned about that Alanga, the amount of positions that guy can play in. We've got a lot of players like that. And it's a, a season of so many twists and turns that there's just going to be, there's going to be plenty of players <laughs> for the positions. It's just the, the quality of them. And like I've just said two minutes ago, we, we're certainly a stronger team currently than we were this time last season. In a week, I think we can't, we, that, I think. we can't forget that either, can we? That you know, if you look at where we were last season, we literally didn't know what mm. we were doing, did we, for the first however many games? Um, and if you look at every part of the pitch, we've got experienced players that we know will get us through. I've forgotten about Serge Aurier, of course, you know, he's he's been fantastic in the center of the park. We've got Danilo who's shone through Yatesy. We've got Worrell at the back. We've got Awanya. We've got Gibbs White. We've got Brennan Johnson. So we've got all these established players that work really well together. And yes, I'm panicking about your left-back position. But actually, you're absolutely right. Steve Cooper will know exactly who can play where and how he can fit people into different positions. So I think we need to remember that. Look at where we were last year, where we are now. Um, it's so much better. In fact, it couldn't be more different in a real world, could it? Yeah, uh, do you know, my mate sent me this as well. It's a, a Twitter uh, account called The Random Pundit. And they put, just to bring some positivity back to Forest, with our existing squad, the final six Premier League games last season, we got 11 points, which was fifth in the league. We scored 12, which was second in the league, only conceded eight, which was the eighth best in the league. That This is what I love. This is what I'm all over. That level of performance has us fifth with 70 points. <laughs> so, you know, you, 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 we, we you see on Twitter now and like, I know we're never happy. Of course we're not. We, we want to be top of the Premier League next season or else. But, you know, when you see a bit of realism like that, you think, you know what, we're not, we're not in that bad a position. You've got to look at where we ended, not where we started. And uh, where we're going to start this year is completely different. So those in the comments asking about FFP and our thoughts on uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, uh, do, do watch this back. Um, you'll, you'll hear our, our debate and discussion uh, around those points at the top of the show. Um, five more friendlies to come in this pre-season, uh, including Leeds United at the Pirelli and the, the German away trip, which I know Greg's all over. At what point do you think we'll start to see this 11 taking shape? Leeds probably provide um, uh, you know, uh, the most... Uh, the right opposition to benchmark ourselves against. Do you see Forrest starting to get towards full strength at the Pirelli on Thursday? Yeah, I think um, that's that's a real tough challenge, Leeds, because they haven't weakened, and you know they were they weren't a lot worse than us last season, were they? We got them at home and they got us away. It was two very even games, so that's going to be the 
the gauge so far of where we are and they've had a little bit longer pre-season I think I think they've been back a week or two earlier uh, and then yeah it's the the Eindhoven and Frankfurt games that are, are really interesting for me and we'll get to see all of that so but you know pre-season just results do not matter I know it's so easy to say that but it you know, you have teams like Arsenal getting thrashed a couple of seasons ago and then suddenly playing really well for the season. It just, the results doesn't matter. It's getting through it without too many injuries because, you know, five pre-season games, a lot can happen there uh, without too many injuries and just getting minutes in some of these players' legs that haven't had many, not just, you know, pre-season, but last season as well. So, um, yeah, not too worried about that. It's just the amount of minutes for me. Keep everyone fit. Brilliant. Thanks for your thoughts. Do like and subscribe and share uh, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, Emily, any final thoughts, words from you or is all well in the garden? And, and as you as you called for earlier, just maintain this patience and see what happens next week. Yeah, I think we all need to relax and keep calm. I just wanted to mention the Forest women because I'm really pleased that they're starting this new hybrid professional model. I think it's fantastic for the women's game. And as a mother of a daughter who plays football, that is so important to me because she's now got these women that she can see as being professional. And I'm really excited to be able to tell her that. And they've also got their new home ground in Long Eaton, so that's really, really good. And also good luck to England women tomorrow in their first World Cup game. Absolutely right. Greg Mitchell, final word from you. I've got, is this my AOB bit? Because I've got this two. Is it. Let it rip. They're not, they're not very long. Uh, the books, the Risen books that a lot of you have ordered, they've now been delivered to Simon's house. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone's very happy about it at his home, but he's got a, a room full of books. So they're going to be out. Uh, they're being sent out next week. And also a few of us are going around this weekend posting them locally. So hopefully you should be getting them within a week or so. And then I've got quite a strange one that um, I don't think it's going to offend the guys in, involved, but... There was that infamous video last two seasons ago in Lower Bridgeford where there was a bit of a fracas about, I think on YouTube, it was called The Last Pie. Um, I've been asked if either of the guys involved would want to get in touch. There's quite a an exciting little project, let's just say, that when I read it, I thought, you know what, if I was one of them guys, I'd really want to find out about this. So if anyone knows either of those two or if they watch this and they want to send me a twitter dm or or just get in touch no pressure but i think uh i think you'd like to hear it let's just say so uh if you are out there just send us a message and i'll tell them what it's about there you go a bit of intrigue from greg from his hollywood debut about a scrap for a pie on the main stand <laughs> concourse i don't think we can take it any further than that uh, thank you very much for listening. Do check out Matt's Monday features with um, the great and the good of, of Forrest's recent history, particularly the chats with um, Lewis McGugan and Nick Marshall uh, and, and David Phillips. Uh, well worth a listen. We'll be back next week, but really appreciate you joining us this afternoon. <laughs>